Welcome to Tested Illusions. You know, I don't feel the the urge to say we're back. It's been less than a month. So uh, it's actually, it's been less than a month. And speaking of months, it's Pride Month. And what is also kind of odd is we're releasing a Pride Month episode on at the beginning of Pride Month. We're not starting our Pride Month coverage on like June 27th or June 28th. I'll actually be out of town for most of the month, so... I was about to say there won't be many episodes. If there's a new episode, you're probably going to assume we may either get one in either five days or six months. It's it's very hard to tell. But I wanted to record this episode because I, I kind of feel it's a very different episode than if I had recorded it three hours ago. And if I had recorded it three hours ago, it's 8.30 in the morning, West Coast time. I woke up 5.30, typically normal kind of wake-up time, but uh, I was a little crabby. And I've been kind of, as I've thought about what I sort of want to talk about for this episode, it had this sort of crabby, 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 crabby tone. And actually, something really annoying happened yesterday, which I'm going to start with. But I actually, I don't know, I had kind of a 180. And I think maybe the, the unpacking the process of why I want to kind of ride the waves right now is, is maybe beneficial as we're talking about optimism. But first, the very, very bad, very bad story, which I'm kind of already poking fun at. I walk into the Long Beach Public Library, the main branch. The Billie Jean King named our library after Long Beach's famous lesbian, one of uh, most famous lesbian, one of the most famous lesbians in the whole country. That's pretty cool. But uh, they had a Pride Month display, and they had it up early. And they had a book there. You know, Pride Month... People will talk about this, you know, the LGBTQ, all the letters, at least in the public perception, they're not all equal because everybody knows what L and G, and that's actually kind of it because they don't super actually know how to define the B, and they really, really don't know how to define either really the T or we can lump we can lump Q in there, but actually I feel like Q kind of gets a lot of the angst that it's not sort of publicly... Uh, as 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 uh, tolerable to, I don't even know what trans means anymore. They all do that about the Q now, which uh, you know, these letters mean a lot of things to a lot of people, and I think you should treat all of them with respect. But uh, at the Long Beach Public Library, apparently didn't necessarily agree. They were very lazy. They put out this display of books, and in the front, when you walk in, and and they do great displays, and it's a good way to kind of show some of the highlights of their library as it relates to Women's History Month or Black History Month, or we just had uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Nice, fun display of it's it's fun to like walk in and look and see all sorts of uh, diversity is a good thing, intersectionality is a good thing, and uh, Pride Month it's it's our turn to have our rainbow books in the front. And uh, somebody decided uh, a great transgender book to put in the front was this book called When Harry Became Sally, put out by a man named Ryan T. Anderson, who works for uh, the—he's often a fellow at the Heritage Foundation, a far-right group. They fund a lot of anti-LGBTQ hate. They've put a lot of money into defeating gay marriage. They're basically why—they're a major reason why we have— Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh, sometimes known as Bart Kavanaugh. And who could forget the people of praise, Amy Coney Barrett. Fucking whack job. All all of the, all four of And who could forget Samuel Alito and, frankly, John Roberts. I don't know what the, the dude's having such an identity crisis. Let's lump him in there, too. We have six crazies on the Supreme Court. 
And the Heritage Foundation played a big role in getting all of these conservatives. So if you don't know anything else besides the fact that the book is titled When Harry Became Sally, that's pretty fucked up. Maybe it would have been clever like 20 years ago, but this book is published in 2018. I had a lot of Twitter, back when I used to have Twitter spats with people, I had gotten it in with this guy a couple times. He actually blocked me, which uh, I'm kind of happy about. Well, I wouldn't really, I don't pick fights on Twitter anymore anyway, but uh, this guy is a bad, bad dude, and this book is filled with anti-transgender hate. And much of the book relies on, one of its primary sources is this crazy, discredited doctor called Paul R. McHugh, who doesn't believe in, he thinks homosexuality is a sin, he doesn't believe in transgender people, he's done a lot of studies on it, and this book cites him heavily, it's a terrible, terrible book, and somebody at the Long Beach Public Library put it in the Pride Month display. Now, it, it kind of begs the open question of why do they even have this book in their system at all, and right-wing media, especially, there's, there's a whole sort of industry of anti-trans books that come out. They're smart, they know how to get this stuff into libraries. The librarian, I mean, I don't want to take a stance on, let's ban the book and throw it outside and burn it. I mean, I, I obviously, I'll take a stand, I support that, I'm not going to lobby for it, and I could go in there and cause a major stink and maybe push the needle a little bit. That's, you know, one benefit of having a large following, but I, I don't necessarily want to pick that fight. The easier, much more winnable fight is, why would you put an anti-transgender book as your Pride Month display? So I went to the front desk, and I'm like, hey, what's up with this? And I kind of got, like, the guy at the front desk kind of shrugged, didn't really care, and I explained. It's kind of hard to explain succinctly to somebody, especially to somebody who doesn't care. Hey, this book is bad. It's done by a uh, conservative author at the Heritage Foundation. If you don't know what the Heritage Foundation is, maybe you're not going to care. Maybe you're going to say, well, that's just your, like your opinion, man, Big Lebowski. But uh, pretty fucked up. So they didn't care. The book stayed where it was. And uh, what did I do? I did what any normal person with a big following would do. I mobilized it. And I started dragging them on the internet. I dragged, I dragged my local library. Because in Big Gay Long Beach, and this is kind of the important point, but in Big Gay Long Beach, we have this. And I said, and, and, and the response that I got was, was, Sympathetic, they apologized profusely on multiple levels, and uh, I had to drag them a bit more to get uh, more concessions that I wanted. Uh, and people could say, oh, whoa, that's so, so bad. Guess what? Somebody's got to swing the hammer and make, make, make shit like this go away. You know, a a activism can be messy work. You know, sometimes being nice and polite, although I was polite the whole time, doesn't always get you somewhere sometimes i mean a good public shaming can have some some benefits uh they weren't gonna do anything about the book when i asked nicely so then i got a little less nice and uh hey i got what i wanted and it's really what everybody should want because here's actually the danger because a lot of us can be thinking to ourselves why does this matter let's say you're a parent with a transgender kid your kid has dropped a bombshell, and you know nothing about trans people. This is what the anti-trans lobby, this is one of their target audiences, and this is, this is the scary part. The people who don't know where to turn, where are they going to turn? They're going to turn to their public library for help to understand something. That's what libraries exist to do. So they go in, see a, see a Pride Month display, and they see a book that's titled 
when Harry became Sally responding to the transgender moment, what are they going to do? Maybe they'll think it's something useful and they're going to read it. And they don't know they don't know all of Dr. Paul McHugh's various controversies. They don't know how routinely rejected he's been by the rest of mainstream medicine dealing in transgender health. They don't know that. They're going to be fooled. And maybe their kid will pay a steeper price because of the indoctrination that the right-wing ecosystem tries to do. They're very good at this. This isn't this is kind of an earlier precursor to the stuff we have with the Dylan Mulvaney with the Bud Light and now what we're seeing with Target. The right-wing people don't go after the transgender people and the LGBTQ people. They go after the middle because they make a big stink and they scare people who aren't as in tune. And there's a lot of people who aren't as in tune. That's a major, major problem for LGBTQ rights, in particular as as so many states are seeking to basically outlaw transgender medical care. That is one of our big things. We have to try and talk to people who not only don't care, in a lot of cases don't have to care. So I made my stink. They promise they're going to really reevaluate how these displays get made, and whoever did that is is undoubtedly going to get in trouble by proxy of the person who had to deal with me, which is honestly, frankly, kind of the point, which is why you you don't need to be rude. You don't need to, you certainly shouldn't uh, raise your voice or, or, or be mean or anything like that, but you need to be firm and constant and, and hold your line because this is how stuff like this do- goes from, oh, we'll try to do better next time, to we're going to implement policies to ensure that this does not happen next time. That's the big difference, and that's why being a hard ass and being a bit of a stickler and being unafraid to kind of wield your following around, that can deliver material usefulness to the... the sometimes you can say, okay, I was a little bit of a dick, but these are the deliverables that I got from this, from escalating just a little bit, from not being the kind of meek, timid person that society looks to transgender people as or or wants them to be you know it's okay to be a little bit uh not so nice and how does that play into optimism well i live in long beach i go to uh all sorts of lgbtq events many that the city holds whether it's uh or or sanctions basically you know like transgender day of remembrance or long beach pride i mean some outside group may organize it but elected officials come and they speak and then they say stuff like transgenders or transgendered or, I mean, I've seen a lot of, I've lived here six years. I've seen a lot of weak allyship from a place like Long Beach, which is considered one of the gayest cities in the country. So it should be one of the best on transgender issues. And, I mean, if you compare it to uh, cities in states like uh, Florida or Alabama that have banned trans healthcare, well, they get that by default. But I think a lot of people get kind of... Uh, content maybe too content with the laurels that they're applauded for being california for being progressive california west coast best coast and they use it as an excuse to be lazy and that's what we have to live in it's not a time for laziness for our community a lot of people are really struggling with hope right now and i wanted to tackle the issue of optimism because uh if you've listened to this show and you know me I'm not a Pollyanna. I I literally did a podcast episode whining about hi, how are you messages that I get online. And really, I think at the core of the issue is is just the reality that I I can't be asked that question because I don't want to be forced into a situation where I have to tell the truth and I don't want to. How are you doing? 
boy, today was a whirlwind. You want to hear about it? No, they don't actually. Why don't you ask the question? Ah! That's the problem. Optimism. I don't want to give false optimism. That's why uh, That's why the high how are you got brought in here. <laughs> I don't want to tell people you have to have hope. No, you need a concrete reason to have hope. But actually, right now, I'm going to contradict the two things I just said. I'm going to be Pollyannish, and I'm going to give you a nothing burger of a reason to have hope. Get ready. Oh, this is such a weak answer. Yeah, I'm like kind of smiling as I say it. It feels so Ayn Randian. Ugh. It's true, though. Have hope for yourself, people. I've been so sad and moody and emotional about the past six years of my transition and, and seeing how everything's gotten, not everything, but so many, so many weird things have gotten worse when you would have expected they'd gotten better. Other things have gotten better, but uh, just, just who would have thought the corporations, for example, like Target would just fucking run in fear but with losers like Matt Walsh just targeting them. I mean, you see these videos uh, of, of people who listen to Ben Shapiro or Alex Jones and they go into Target and they act like an asshole. And what do the corporations do? They kowtow in fear and they run to the hills at this. It's pathetic. What a fucking loser. Everybody involved in this equation is a fucking loser. But here's the problem. We homos have to share the same country with these fucking losers who are disrupting the frameworks of, of, of the wheels of capitalism. We, we live under it. We can hate it. Neiman Marxists like me, uh, we, we, even I can admit it. We all live under that system. They're fucking with it. They're making our lives harder. They're trying to box trans people and LGBTQ people out of society. And uh, a lot, a lot of us. Guess what? You gotta, you gotta be part of it to to survive. Not really rocket science. Getting pushed back to the fringes. They want us out of the mainstream. And guess what? The conservatives, the same ones who tricked my uh, local librarians here, they're good at this. They're effective. They are. You know, you say, well, they'll win the battle. They can't win the war. They're winning a lot of battles right now. And that those are all battles that we're going to have to eventually relitigate and then win again and then try to stop them down the future from winning again. It's a little tug of war. And with every little, you know, every bit of progress the anti-trans lobby makes, we then have to deal with it. And it sucks. And it's work that I really personally hate. I, I don't want to have to deal with it. But I, I also have to try and make a living in the ecosystem that they're fucking up. And I hate it. And where is someone supposed to find optimism in all of that? And I'll tell you. I find it in skateboarding. I find it in, unfortunately, Grinder. I didn't even laugh as I said that. <laughs> I find it hanging out with my friends and playing video games and making jokes. And I don't like like this. All it's all fun stuff. I I try to fill my when I'm done with work. I try to fill my afternoons and my evenings with fun things that I do, and uh, I try to smile as much as I can. And, and in the face of all of this, just 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 try to try to make something. You know, it's not much of a life, but I'm I'm <laughs> trying to patch it all together. And I'm reminded. I read Detransition Baby a couple. God, maybe two months ago. Boy. That, 
Oh, wow, where does time go? But uh, I was reminded of something that we hear a lot within the community. You know, don't... I, I'm 31, I'm going to be 32 soon. So I know a lot of people who have... A lot of my friends, classmates, have had babies, and they have houses, they have, you know, full careers, they have uh, all sorts of things that... Lots of millennials, but more specifically LGBTQ millennials. Uh, a lot of us... It is a very common feeling for a lot of us to feel left behind and like we're losing ground in life. And I, I see so many people who are thriving in their adult life. And I'm sort of in a lot of ways looking around being like, all right, you know, I'm over 30. When does my life start? And that's such like a stupid way of looking at it. I always settle down. And I mean, sometimes I forget. Like I wasn't actually married, but four years, same sex relationship might as well be. So yeah, I mean, I'm not where I want it to be. And I think a lot of us can say the same. But it's harder when you see a lot of heterosexual people who are where they wanted to be, who have all of those things. And you look and you're like, fuck you. Dude. I'm not a jealous person. But sometimes you see a heterosexual who's, who's happy and stuff and you're just like, it's not jealousy because I don't want that. I, I, I could have. I could have just stayed in the closet and had a nice life. I could have been a nice house husband. You know, there's a lot of type. I, I knew plenty of Type A women who who want their uh, Wall Street career and, and and to come home and and have a man who's who's taking taking care of the kids and stuff. I could have had that. I could have had the life where I sat around and podcasted and did this. Except, you know, I would have still been in the closet and having the trend, all of that shit eat away at me, and it would have killed me. So I could have had the life that they had, and I chose not to. And if we want to get really into semantics and say, okay, what you're really wishing for is that you weren't gay, but I love being gay, so I don't even really wish for that either. And that's where the value of unpacking this shit comes, because I look at them and I have disdain, and I'm like, ah, but it's not true jealousy, because I don't actually want their life. I just wish that I had my big gay utopia, which far-right people are trying to take away from us, which I don't necessarily think that I'll get anytime soon, and I'm a 31-year-old woman. You know, I am already in, in women in women terms. I get called middle-aged all the time online. And we can all roll our eyes and say that's laughable. But uh, I ain't getting any younger either. Um, and I would love to live in the utopia now. I want an Oompa Loompa now, Daddy. Literally, I want not my actual dad, but I think the other daddy. Pedro Pascal Daddy. I would love if I had Pedro Pascal also. You know, I would not be I would not be complaining about a podcast if I was married to Pedro Pascal. A lot of us could say the same. And all right, so I don't have the utopia. I don't really want to burn out my entire life trying to fight for it because I don't you know you it, you push you fight each day is a fight for inches and then the boulder rolls a bit down. That's not very fun. So like what is there to do? Where do you find optimism in you don't have what you want and you also don't think you're ever going to get it? What's there to be hopeful for? And to answer, you find it in the good days. I had such, I've had such a kind of a bad 2023. I've had a lot of bad days. And I, I hate to like tie my emotional well-being into my love life, which is not like irrelevant, but it, you, you really, it's not like it is irrelevant, but at the same time, you don't want to say, my happiness is dependent on a man. Like, what am I, The Little Mermaid? Is this a Disney movie? Uh, you need to find happiness external from external people. You have to find happiness from within, but where do you? And 
there is kind of a flip side. I had a fantastic, not perfect, and that this distinction is kind of important. I had a very, very good grinder date just a few days ago with this boy who... I, I doubt he would still be listening uh, if he did check out my podcast 20 minutes in. doesn't really seem like that kind of type. I will say, though, the dude is... Ah, he's so beautiful, and... Uh, you know, he... It was, I mean, we went we went to the beach, then we went back to my place, smoked some pot, boned. Like, it wasn't like a knight in shining armor. He did no chivalrous gesture. Uh, in some ways, it is kind of sad to say, oh, this guy, he was so great, he was so perfect. What did he do? He didn't, he wasn't gross or creepy. He basically won a shit ton of points by not losing, by not doing a single thing that, that lost points. Uh, <laughs> that's where we're at. And... I, I think to some extent he was actually uncomfortable by just like how honest I was about how how sort of nice it felt to just have a have a have to, to be with a nice person like a good person. I told him I was like you're a good person. I, I think I don't really think he knew what to say to that, and it, it's just the fucking way the world is. Certainly the way the world is for trans people. I mean, okay. Like it is very nice to be just sort of just have this sort of base sort of natural carnal attraction to somebody who who just is smoking hot but uh the the rest of the part of just like gushing over a guy who basically all he did was not objectify me not other me not treat me like shit and like you're like okay i i i'm i have such a huge crush on this guy basically because he treated me like a real person but that's actually not in a lot of ways super sad because when I think about reasons to have optimism, all of the things that I'm, like, sad about are the ways in which transgender people are ostracized, were kept out of the mainstream, were kept out of the public conversation. Just a simple, hey, let's bring you into the fold. Let's see you as a person and and and, and, and not even celebrate, but just, just, I, I just, I just want to be seen as somebody who has something to offer this world, who brings something to the table, who's worth... You know, not not everybody has to love me, not everybody has to like me. These are things that I don't have any control over anyway. People, people will be people. But there's this inkling, this sort of knee-jerk reaction to dismiss trans people. And I'd love that for that to go away. Because... It's it, 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 to some extent, it's it's almost not healthy to 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 feel so great when somebody looks at you and 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 acknowledges you. That's that's not something to shout from the heavens on high and be so happy about. Somebody's just just a good just a good person to you. Somebody who treats you nicely, who who makes you happy just for a second. You don't even have to to see them again. You know, just the memory alone is enough. That's the gratitude that it got to happen. <laughs> and that's not that's just that's such a weird element of the trans experience you know some of my friends have kids last week uh after work it was four and i was having uh i was having a bit of an episode emotional largely kind of for no reason but also basically for the shit that's been just boiling i'm so fucking sick of this world right now so what did i do Took my uh, Tempur-Pedic beanbag, fluffed it up, filled it with plushies, took some edibles, and climbed in, and I watched the Little Mermaid cartoon. And I felt better at the end of it. It felt great. 
Why did I feel great? I don't know. And again, we're not talking about the great foundations of a life. Grinder, plushies, cartoons. I'm fucking 30. I feel like my life hasn't started. But I do think it's worth living. And as trans people in, in the closet, we spend so long thinking it's not that that's kind of where we find our optimism. Shit is, it's worth getting up in the morning. Even if every institution has failed us. And oh, gentle listener, they will continue to fail us. The world, it doesn't move in a straight line. Representation, inclusion. This isn't like things where you look at it and be like, well, it's better than it was five years ago, which in my case isn't even super true. But. It's like a, more like a garden. It needs tending. You can't you can't just rest on your laurels or else you get people like the library. They put out a homophobic book. Why? It's not because the library is an evil institution. It's because somebody didn't tend to the garden. America does not tend to its garden. But you can tend to your own garden. Certainly not in all the ways you want. And definitely not in all the ways you deserve. But it can be done. And you'll stumble and you'll fail. And I I say this as I do as I seem to do lately, nothing but stumble and fail. Except in the the shining glimmer glimmery moments where you don't. And you look around and you roll around in your sex sheets and you smell the Three days later, the the fading musk of a really hot boy who you really hope to see again. Who knows about that one? But (laughs) you find it. I don't know. You find it. You find your ways to keep going. Is that a reason to be optimistic? Yeah, actually, maybe it is. Because, sure, the world sucks. We've got lots of problems out there. It's all a tedious pain in the ass. But you can find your good days in all of that. And you can make them happen. And you have to wade through so much shit. And it's not fair. And it fucking sucks. But uh, when you get to the top of the mountain, it's actually pretty fun. And that's... that's Optimism is, is not false hope. Because false hope is like, you know, being hungry and thinking eating six Pop-Tarts will help. It's not nourishing. Optimism I've never found to be terribly nourishing. But to some extent, you need... Like, you, you would need... Six Pop-Tarts is better than maybe two Pop-Tarts. I don't know where the six came from, but uh, sometimes some fuel is better than none. And you don't need to necessarily have optimism for the future. A future that may come, may not. Maybe in 40 years, you know, who knows? Hopefully, maybe we'll all, it won't just be something that where the heterosexuals are having more luck than the transsexuals, maybe an asteroid hits us, or we have nuclear war, or global warming, that's probably the most likely, or we get another pandemic, maybe another few pandemics, maybe we'll just all be dead. <laughs> we'll all be on e- equal playing fields. <laughs> Not funny, but maybe true. Nah, man, don't don't let the bad days get you down. Don't let, you know, the, the job opportunities that... I've had interviews that were going great, and then inexplicably, half an hour in, you're on the Zoom call, you're thinking you're going to get hired, what do they want to fucking talk about? They want to talk about trans. They want to talk about trans shit, and it's like, 
dude, like, what the fuck? This is not a- appropriate. Are you talking about gender identity with cis people in this interview? Because if not, what's that smell? It smells like discrimination. All that bullshit. It all fucking sucks. We all have to deal with it. But we do find some good days. And I'm so tired of the fight. And this is usually the part in at least the past couple episodes where I get all sad and I'm lonely and I'm depressed and I'm all sorts of horrible, horrible things. Poor unfortunate soul is the great ITM. Not so great anymore. But maybe that will change. And I want to believe that it will. And, and, and that want, that desire is is the little inconsequential part because but it kind of like it takes you to the next thing i don't i don't need it i don't need to be fueled on on the belief that someday we'll get better i just need that little kindling to send the spark that gets me up gets me fired up and ready to start throwing proverbial bombs swinging proverbial punches into the ether to go up to climb to buckle up strap in and say you know what Whatever, I may be the beautiful and damned, and I'm gonna fucking do it anyway. This timeline may have nothing, mostly nothing but shit, and I will try and fight for the margins, and just give it, give him hell. Will it work? No, probably not. (laughs) Will I find this ever-elusive happiness? Who the fuck knows? But damn it, let me tell you, I did not come this far to go down quietly. You know, put on your best outfit if the Titanic is going to sink. That's the optimism. You don't build a life on optimism, but you can use it as fuel for just a little bit longer until the new world with all its power and might comes to rescue. This is a Winston Churchill quote. I was forgetting the rest. I was... Now, I was half forgetting the rest of it and then half uh, just kind of happy that I delivered that um, that much in one day. <laughs> Fuck Winston Churchill. But uh, the, he was a good orator. And uh, we need we need oratory skills, not just in a sexual sense, but when you just need something to keep going. And maybe I found it. I skateboard. I try to make something. I you could you could sit all day and say, "I wish I had this. I wish I had that." Feels like such a piecemeal life, putting together these minor victories along the way. But it's my life. I have some agency. I don't have as much as I would like. But I'm not ready to give up, and you shouldn't be either. I am proud of of the fact that I've gotten this far. I wish there's so much more I could have done. And I'm sad, kind of. It does feel like a lot of time the rest of the world's moving on without you. But you got to march to the beat of your own drum. Find the things that get get you the next day. And maybe the day will come when we're not just surviving but thriving. But uh, until then, count the little. The the little victories are not insignificant. That fun sing-along you had at the gay bar with a bunch of people you didn't know and really don't need to even see again. A couple of moments of fun. You found community. God, it's pathetic. It's also really fun. <laughs> All right, we're circling the wagons. I just wanted to come in and... Uh, 
I don't know. It's, it's such a, you wake up and you're like, shit, do I feel happy or, or sad the way the world is today? And I hate to fill people with false happiness, but the corporations, the Los Angeles Dodgers of all people, they can all snub their noses at pride, say that they hate us, uh, if not directly, uh, indirectly through their corporate PR speak. Fuck it. Live for yourself. That's all I got. Live for the people who care about you and find find some sort of meaning. It's out there. I hope. I'm not gonna stop looking. Alright. Happy Pride Month. I'm sure we'll I was, I was about to say I'm sure we'll do another episode. I have about a couple days to do an episode before I go to the East Coast to babysit a very adorable puppy if you follow my Facebook page. So I don't even know if we're gonna do another episode this month, but wanna check in. Take care of yourself. Try to make it through this. I can't tell you when the world will get better, but it's all we got. Fight for the margins. Try to find a meaning. Maybe not every day, but some days you do what you can. It's <laughs> all we can do. All right. Much love, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Oh,